0: Everybody, Jim Vicewich here and welcome to another Radio Vice Online podcast. Today's podcast features the Soundoff sister, former assistant U.S. Attorney Barbara Vicewich, to talk about the Murdoch trial. Murdoch Murder's trial. Fascinating conversation, pre-taped, followed by Ron Winter, a Vietnam veteran, to talk about her involvement in the uh Ukrainian war with Russia and whether spending more than a trillion dollars has been worth it. We'll see what Ron has to say. Are we reliving Vietnam all over again? I've decided to bring him on to ask him that question. All that coming up, so don't go away. We begin with the uh, Barbara Weissich interview first. Barbara on the Murdoch trials. Here we go. Joining us on the hotline right now is the soundoff sister, aka Barbara Visage, a former federal prosecutor, assistant U.S. attorney, Southern District of Florida. Barb, thanks for joining us today. We're going to be talking about the Murdaugh murders and the Murdaugh trial that's going on right now—the Alex Murdaugh trial. Have you watched? Okay. it Have you watched it at all?
1: No, I haven't. Um, but I have—I've I've read a lot about it, so <laughs> it's. I'm familiar with it. The defense put
0: Alex Murdoch on the stand. Is that surprising to you as a prosecutor?
1: Very surprising, Jim. Typically, um, you never put a a defendant on the stand. There there are too many pitfalls in making that kind of a decision. However, I, I have to add that in this case, Murdoch, um, it was a very successful file attorney. He did mostly personal injury work. And I, I hate to say that this at the risk of offending some in your audience, but from my experience, personal injury attorneys tend to have a fairly large ego. And I'm thinking Murdoch took the stand himself uh, maybe against the advice of counsel because he felt he could give, in essence, his closing argument instead of standing in front of the jury, which he couldn't do in this case, he'd give his closing argument from the witness stand. So this was all a, I can do this. I can do this on his part.
0: Judge to name on the five was obviously trial experience, said that bag. she thought it was an attempt to humanize the monster. What do you think about that?
1: Well, I think that's a good way of putting it. Again, this is a question, I, I think, a situation where Murdoch really doesn't have much to go on other than to try to convince the jury that he's a nice guy. I, and I think that's what this ploy was all about. Uh, I, I can't come up with any other reason. I can only hope though, that his uh, attorneys had him sign a document that said, we advise you not to take the witness stand because if Murdoch is convicted, a point on appeal could well be ineffective assistance of counsel for allowing him to take the stand.
0: Uh, so let's back this up if we can, yeah, a bit, Barbara. You know. Explain who Alex well, well. is. Explain to our audience who he is. No.
1: Well, he's a, uh, an attorney from a family of attorneys in South Carolina, very prominent, very successful. And uh, he, uh, I can only say that he got into a drug habit that caused a lot of bad behavior. In addition to being charged with murder, in this case, Mm -hmm. there's some 99 other counts pending against him, mostly for embezzling uh, settlement funds from from his clients to support his drug habit.
0: Yeah, so. uh, What's interesting here is that, um, and I'll play a soundbite for you in a second. You sound very squeaky. But um, uh, it's just so the audience knows what's at stake here. Murdoch is accused of shooting his wife with a rifle and killing her. Also accused of blowing his son Paul's head off with a shotgun. So this is these are not your run of the mill sort of average stabbing murders. These are brutal murders.
1: Yeah. Not that
0: everything really... isn't brutal, but in this case, yeah. they're absolutely brutal.
1: Yeah, very ugly, very ugly. And we'll just see. I mean, the case, um, uh, closing arguments should happen today, and then the case goes to the jury, and we'll see where that goes.
0: Okay, he was on uh, the stand yesterday. Let me play a little bit of murder on the stand. We're talking to former federal prosecutor Barbara Weisich, otherwise known as the Soundoff sister. Barbara, listen to what he had to say on the stand then tell me what you think he meant by this. I was struck by his choice of words.
1: First of all, I'm sorry to Mags and Papa.
0: Mags is his wife and Papa is his son, Paul. It's not
2: Papa, it's Paul. Notice he used the
0: word Mags and Papa, not Paul. Well, I thought that was pretty unusual, Barbara. What do you make of that?
2: Well,
1: it is again. It goes Did perhaps back number? to Judge uh, Janine trying to Did humanize himself number? as the wonderful right. father and 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 husband who had affectionate pet names included. for everybody.
0: No, he's not. He's not the monster the prosecution wants you to think he is.
1: Yeah, that that that's kind of maybe perhaps where that went. I should also add, Jim. This is most unusual. The whole trial has been unusual, but today uh, the jury is going on a field trip, I so to, speak, I to the scene of the crime. The defense.
2: That? I don't. Well, know. the defense, in, that. You invaded my. It's an interesting everything. question.
1: Um, I, I, there must be some reason for this, otherwise everything. the defense wouldn't ask for it. Uh, I, I can't quite see how taking the jury to there? the place where uh, the murders were committed would help them at all in, in coming to uh, uh, a verdict in the case. But the judge allowed it. Again, I'm thinking the judge allowed it so as to prevent a a point on appeal should there be conviction.
0: Okay, Jane, can't share this video. we will pick up the interview in a second. If you're those of you who are watching, if you could share this video with as many of your friends or pages as you can, that'd be a big help to us. We continue with the interview with Barbara Vaisich, former federal prosecutor on the Murdoch trial, and him taking the stand.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, And so the jury will go, now understand when it comes to a jury view, the only people that are there are the jurors, the judge, the attorneys, and in this case, Murdoch.
0: Let me run through this this whole soundbite though and get you to react. Okay. One one fell swoop. First of all,
1: I'm sorry to Max and Paul. I would never intentionally do anything to hurt either one of them.
0: i never, never intentionally. intentionally I was stunned by that word. I'd never intentionally do anything to kill them or to hurt them. What does that mean it, Barbara?
1: Boy, think? that's an an odd choice of words, I guess I is the best said. way to put it. Um, The best answer would be I would never do anything like that, intentionally or otherwise, but it is a very strange choice of words. So I I should also add on the jury view, the court reporter is also there. No questions are allowed of anybody. Everybody just kind of wanders around the scene of the crime and then everybody gets back in the bus and they all go back to the courtroom.
0: Here's what Judge Jeanine had to say about the use of the word I'd never intentionally kill my wife and child. It's
3: stacked against him. Uh,
0: right, but the issue was,
3: accident. how do you personalize a monster? They put him on the stand. He's one of the best witnesses I've ever seen on a witness stand. He's had a lot of reason to react to the pit bull DA here, and he hasn't reacted. But let's talk about his saying, sorry to Mags and Papa, I didn't intentionally uh, uh, murder uh, or whatever the actual statement is. I didn't intentionally murder uh, anything or to hurt either one of them. Okay. so why does he use the word intentionally? Well, you could say he's a lawyer. You could say he's speaking in terms of how the indictment is written. Murder is an intentional crime. But it is prefaced with, uh, I am sorry uh, to Mags and Paul. All right. That means he's basically admitting to them, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't intentionally do anything to hurt you. What he is doing there is brilliant. He is creating the premise for a down charge. That means that even though he's charged with intentional murder, there is evidence when the defense goes in to have a discussion with the judge about what the jury will be charged, the, the, the defense will say, we want manslaughter in there. And the judge will say, there's no evidence of manslaughter. Defense will say, yes, there is. He said he didn't intentionally hurt either one of them.
0: Barbara, what do uh, you think? Judge Janine said that on The Five yesterday.
1: Uh, it's hard to argue with her conclusion there. Certainly, given that testimony, um, uh, a lesser included charge would be given, although typically you give lesser included charges in murder cases. So mm, she could be right. She could well be correct there.
0: I just find it interesting, though. I'm not sure he's that brilliant. I mean, who can think that fast on the stand? But to say I did not, I'm sorry, guys, I didn't intentionally mean to hurt you. What is? That? I didn't intentionally mean to blow your head off. Is that it?
1: And I, I, and of course, given the facts as we know them, it makes no sense at all. But, I, Jim, I have to say his testimony was... Very well orchestrated is probably the best way to put it. He knew exactly what he was going to say and why he was going to say it before he even took the stand. Again, he, instead of his attorneys were, was giving his closing argument from the witness stand. And he could only hope that the jury bought what he said. But he
0: also said this Barbara, He admitted a line to the place right here. Yes. I don't know where the sound is on this. That's that's on my computer when I record. I have no idea where it is, Barbara. Those are Well, messages. I know you lie what lie you're
4: talking up. about. Agent Croft, on the follow-up interview.
0: I did lie to them. You want me to
4: turn that did off? you lie to them t- by well, telling
5: I didn't them like it on my face. that you were not down I'll at the kennels off. on that yes. night? Yes. So, he so lied why to them would he lie down at the kennels?
0: Means Alec, again, that was taken lie? from the five. Uh, Barbara, when he said he lied to the sheriff about him not being at the kennels. That was when the murder was being committed. And he said he wasn't at the kennels when the murder was being committed, but he was exactly.
1: Well, we know, we know he was Jim, because so he had to come scene. up with something. Uh, what happened was apparently his son was taking a video of something and father, Alex Murdoch's voice was heard on the video. And several people had testified during the prosecutor's case that yes, that's Alex's voice, which of course, put him at the scene of the crime. So he had to come up with something. And the only thing he could say is, sorry, I lied to the police, but I'm telling the truth this time. I mean, Barbara, then he he went on to say
0: this though, he went on to say this. About the last time you saw Maggie and Paul?
1: As my addiction evolved over time. So he's blaming his addiction. I would get any situations or circumstances where I would get paranoid thinking. All right, Judge. He's blaming
0: blaming the fact they lied to the sheriff on his addiction. I didn't do it, the devil made me do it.
1: Yeah. That clearly is, is where he, he was going there. I was addicted to drugs, so I just made this up. Um, you know, what's curious here, Jim, I think I read somewhere that one of the things the police wanted were was the clothes that he was wearing the night of the murder. they requested that from him. And apparently he told them, I can't find them. You know, obviously the police wanted to see if there might be any blood stains on the clothes.
0: Well, if, you, if you blow somebody's head off, the odds are there would be blood all over you.
1: You got it. And he all of a sudden couldn't find the clothes. I None of this makes any sense, Jim. And we know why the prosecutor, that's something I would harp on. If in fact, what I read is true.
0: Uh, Barbara, if you lie to the prosecutor, a judge <clears throat> said this and tell me as a prosecutor, if you if this is the, if this is in fact the case.
3: I would say to the jury, you are free if you believe the defendant has lied about one thing to assume he's lied about everything. Mm-hmm. But you cannot make the jump from a, a non-credible witness to a murderer. But you can assume once he takes a stand that he lied to you about what he said right. and what he did.
0: Yeah. She said if she were charging the jury, that's what she'd say to the jury. Can you do that, Barbara? Yes.
1: Can you charge? Oh, her? yes. Yes, you can. That would be. That's a typical charge that the prosecution requests when a defendant lies uh, somewhere along the line in the process. If he lied there, you can infer the following. But you can't infer these other things. So, yeah, that's a that's a typical charge that would be given. And explain and what we certain- mean by uh, judge, what Judge
0: meant when she said uh, charging, the so she we'll charging, the charging the jury. What does she mean by that?
1: Charging the jury. That's after closing arguments. The judge gives uh, what's known as the charge to the jury. And what that is, it's a recitation of the law that applies to the case that they're deciding. It would give a definition of first degree murder. It would give a definition of a um, reasonable doubt, it would give a definition out. of perhaps uh, lying and the effect of that. So this, uh, these are all charges. Most what's of them idea? are, uh, I'm, I'm, I should I'm, say, uh, pre-printed. Uh, they're charges that have already been approved by- no Give her a
0: little applause
1: in this case, Uh, the um, uh, South Carolina court. Uh, And then once the jury has Mm -hmm, that legal information, then they take the legal information with the facts they heard and come up with a verdict.
0: So the jury is free to assume that he lied when he said he didn't harm his wife and child.
1: Actually, when you get right down to it, Jim, the jury is free to assume pretty much anything it wants. If you can get all 12 of them to agree to the same assumption, then off you go. Um, so it'll again, this is gonna be very interesting to see what the jury does with this case. Um, because in the midst of his testimony, he also admitted that he in fact had embezzled money from clients. Uh, which basically he admitted uh, that the other things he's been charged with in other cases are true. He's really not gonna be able to contest any of that uh, later on in any subsequent trial. But he pretty much had to admit that because he had to admit it. Uh, He was boxed in as soon as he took the stand. Uh, it was clear that the prosecution was going I to bring out... That was
0: the sound officer sister on the Murdoch trials. I want to thank you for joining us.
2: Yeah, but meantime, she's not I, done. Ron
0: just said that I could talk to him now. Okay. I can call him now. So, oh. Ron Winter, did you set this up? Because this was your idea.
2: Um, okay.
0: Uh, we were setting up the... Uh, Iraq story. Um, here is here is um, President Biden on our involvement in Ukraine.
1: I want you to
4: know that all the people of Ukraine to know as well. The American people are with you every step of the way, and we will stay with you. We will stay with you for as long as it takes.
0: For as long as it takes. Let's call it round up. See what he has to say about that. This was Jane's story. It was her idea. What's that? Jim and Jane. Hey, Ron. How you doing? Another day in paradise. Ron, I want to. Ron is a Vietnam War veteran and and a best-selling author as well. And a professor. And a professor. Uh, Jane will be right here with you. (laughs) Hang on one second. It's because this story is her idea. When she hears this clip, this will drive her nuts. This is exactly what she was talking about. Tell Ron what was bugging you so much about her involvement in Ukraine. And get Ron to answer.
2: Hi, Mr. Winter.
4: Good afternoon, Jane. How are you doing?
2: Um, I've been better.
4: <laughs> well, we all have. <laughs>
0: Ron, this soundbite is from Fox News. It's General Kellogg commenting on the cost of the Ukraine war to the United States taxpayer. Here's what he had to say on Fox News.
5: We're in uh, day 253 of this war uh, in, in Europe. There's been no end-state defined. We don't have a plan to end the war. We haven't talked about one. All we're doing is throwing money Get at it. We $18 billion uh, into the war, economically, humanitarian aid and military aid. That's a big number, but let's break it down to an hourly rate. That means we're spending $2.5 million an hour in Ukraine. That's the U.S. taxpayers' money, again, with no accountability. You know, the
2: all right, you don't have to finish this, Mister Winter. Two point five million. What was irking you? What was hour. irking you on this one?
4: I'm sorry, I, I, you guys, I, I couldn't understand. Uh, you were both were talking.
2: Oh Jesus! Uh, we need to get a new, new internet line here. But what was bugging you about this one? When uh, well,
4: here's the, here's here's the thing, Jane. Number one, I think pretty much across America, except for all the communists in the government. Uh, people want us to, to, to beat the Soviet Union, Russia, mm. whatever Putin calls himself today. We want to support people who are fighting against Russia. What is Putin doing? Putin is doing now or is trying to do now what they did, did back in the 20s and 30s. in in all of Eastern Europe, he's trying to assimilate more and more country to rebuild the Soviet Union. The same thing, by the way, that they're doing on our southern border and now on our northern border by infusing people into another country, getting enough people in there that they can make make noise and say, oh, we're we're being picked on, we're being hurt here, and we want somebody to come help us. Uh, Please, Russian army, come in and help us. And then they take the country over. They did it in Georgia, they did it in the Crimea, and they're doing it now in, 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 in Ukraine. And we don't want that. If, if we're thinking clearly, we don't want that. But what we are facing here, once again, is what Eisenhower brought up all the way back in the 1950s with the military industrial complex. They are just shipping billions of dollars over there. We don't really have any accountability for it. We're not sure what it's paid for. Do we want to help out the Ukraine army? Of course we do. We don't want them taken over by Russia. Why? why
2: okay. Why do we have to do that? Why isn't it? Why isn't it NATO that should do that? Because they're, not well,
4: NATO. NATO. It, any there's there's all kinds of different unities that they could and should be helping, but the leader of the free world is the United States of America.
2: I know. I, I, I get that. I get that. And we have interest in there but don't you think that um, Ukraine is a little bit closer to um, Europe than we are? Well, like
4: Poland? (laughs) No, yeah, (laughs) it's a lot closer. And yeah, but we don't have a president, you know, two years ago we had a president who would have held NATO's feet to the fire under these circumstances. But two years ago, Russia wouldn't have invaded Ukraine either.
2: Well, we had, but now
4: we have, now we have Biden, and we don't we don't know where his mind is. Um, we know I'm, that he has some conflicts in the Ukraine.
2: I'll tell you where his mind is. And he's got conflicts in China. Yeah, you know. I'll tell you where so, his mind is. But remember the idiot that was president before him, um, that removed the uh, missiles from Poland and Poland yeah, is I the only country.
0: The She's talking about Obama.
2: Poland is we, the I know, only I know country that is helping these people. Yeah, literally. Yeah. And don't you think, oh, uh, remember Hitler, it's only lunch.
4: Well, I was going to say, you know, you would, you would think that Germany's history with Russia would, would would be some kind of an impetus for the people in Germany to be saying to their leaders, hey, maybe we should help these guys out before we end up back in that same situation again. Yeah, Because this isn't the first time or even the second
2: and guess who's was who was making fun of me, uh, when I was telling them that I'm really freaked out about removing the missiles, my family in check. those that they are going to be overtaken in no time. Ron, have you ever seen the
0: TV show Last Man Standing?
4: Oh, I sure have.
0: Okay, this <laughs> this is a scene taken from the show Last Man Standing when the daughter who's in the reserve comes walking in. From, uh, uh, like, training, they it. from training from military Earlier training that mor- morning. Here's what she has to say. This is great. What Tim Allen says, back. "Hey, back. hi, how are drills? Tough. It's just nice knowing we're out there hitting it while the Ruskies are still in bed.
5: Yeah. The Ruskies aren't in bed. They're doing Jello shots in the Ukraine. And <laughs> you know who we'd blame for that?
0: Oh There you go. There you go. So even then, they even them, <laughs> even back then when this episode was filmed." They can see who's fault it was.
2: <laughs> it's terrible. Well, it, was, it
4: was very clear if you were watching Russia all
0: of the last decade, it was all very clear as to what was I going know,
2: on. I know, but nobody listens. Nobody listens.
0: Is it a good thing you hear of- this from Biden? I'll play this and you can comment it on Iran. We're talking to Ron Winter, a Vietnam veteran, who was in a war where the- guy uh, God, God I was sitting
2: money. on a helicopter with the door open, with the machine gun. I wish I saw it. I wish you had a video. Ah, let me oh, my God. You're, You're my, my hero. Thing.
0: Ron, let me play this and get you to comment on it.
2: Okay.
4: I want you to know that all the people in Ukraine to know as well. The American people have been with you every step of the way, and we will stay with you. We will stay with you for as long as it takes.
0: That's a friggin' blank check run.
4: That as long certainly as it is. The last thing I want to hear out of an American politician or an American state department is, is, is an open ended declaration. Yeah. We'll stay there and fight right alongside you for as long as it takes. Yeah. As long as the checks keep coming and the public doesn't get too upset and not too many of our guys die and the Congress doesn't pass laws. Uh, winding their hands so they can't go win the thing for you. Uh, yeah, but we'll be there and so will the money. So in general, and you know Kell- what I want to know guys? You want to know start. what I want to know yeah, about absolutely. all this? Yeah. How much of all those billions that's going over <laughs> there is getting kicked back over here?
2: I know, I know. It's just- So
0: Ron, when General Kellogg said this on Fox News, it was absolutely true. We're in uh,
5: day 253 of this war uh, in, in Europe. There's been no end-state defined. We don't have a plan to end the war. We haven't talked about one. All we're doing is throwing money at it. We put $18 billion uh, into the the war, economically, humanitarian aid and military aid. That's a big number, but let's break it down to an hourly rate. That means we're spending $2.5 million an hour in Ukraine. That's the U.S. taxpayers' money, again, with no accountability. I want to go back with this. Um, That's a lot of money, even in in today's
2: language. What about the NATO? You tell me, Ron.
4: NATO should be wildly concerned about what's going on in Ukraine because they're so close to all the NATO countries.
2: Thank you very much. But they
4: don't appear to be. They are helping somewhat. They're just keeping enough in there so nobody can say they're not helping. But they really should be putting a lot of effort in there and they should be doing it without the big urging of the United States or anyone else. It's a need that affects them every bit as much. And frankly, a heck of a lot more than it affects us. us. Uh,
2: Yeah, but yes, because
4: they're right there.
2: I know. I know. I've been telling people that for a long time. They're laughing at me. I am saying, how
4: long has it been? How long has it been since world war two ended? uh,
2: It was 1945. So um, yeah.
4: And so you've got roughly three generations of people living in Europe who don't remember war. <gasps> don't people remember don't, the horrors of war.
2: People don't remember shit for and, crying and out because, loud. B-
4: because it doesn't affect them because it's not in their personal memory. It's in their parents' and grandparents' memory. And I can tell you right now that all across that, that continent there's young people looking at their, their, their grandparents and um, all. And saying, oh yeah. Here they go with those old stories again. Yeah. I don't want to hear that run, and, run. until it shoves it gets shoved right down their own throat. Listen,
2: I been yeah. here since 1988. I went yep. back home and this young girl that was probably 15, 20 years younger than me was telling me about how great communists were. I wanted to <coughs> freaking, Punch her goddamn face out, (laughs) and her husband told her to shut the hell up because this girl that you're talking to left this country because of the assholes that are just not good. So um, because
4: they don't understand, do not. Hey, let me let me let's let's go
0: back let's go back about this. Understands Russia rolled their tanks right into Prague in 1968. Yeah, you remember
4: that, Ron? Czechoslovakia, Hungary. Yeah, yeah. They didn't, and they didn't mind shooting people down the streets.
0: No, didn't they didn't over. They don't even
4: remember. Look, they don't even remember Tiananmen Square. No, okay, they, they well, don't.
0: Listen to this, Jane. Tell them what the Russians did with their tanks to the Czechs. What do you mean? You said they ran right over the Czechs? They
2: did. They did. I didn't even know that because they erased it from the news. They just erased the news. You would not know the history because they deleted it.
0: So Jane freaks out when she sees, uh, people not paying attention to Ukraine. Cause she Jim, I was, uh, Prague.
4: I got it. I, I want to point this out to you sir. guys because this, this is an important part an element yes, in it. All right. The only thing we hear is a little bit of, of talk that Russia's lost a hundred to 200,000 casualties. They don't say how many of them are wounded and how many are killed. But based on on the, the standard of how many are wounded and killed on a battlefield, you can probably figure they lost around seventy to eighty thousand people killed in an action and in, in, in the re- remainder probably are wounded in action, some of them taken out, some of them coming back. But here's the important thing. if that's the standard they're going to use, one, yes, we should know how many people they're losing, so you can so you can broadcast that information to the people in Russia of the people in Russia know how badly they're getting mauled on the battlefield. But this is an important thing to remember. In the Korean War, the United States Armed Forces, with help from the United Nations, eliminated the North Korean Communist Army and killed at least 300,000 Communist Chinese in Vietnam at a cost of approximately 38,000 Americans. In Vietnam, we eliminated the Viet Cong, which was somewhere between three and 600,000 troops and wiped out one and a half million North Vietnamese communists, as well as at least another 30,000 Chinese, plus some Russians that they won't tell you how many. Ron, in the Gulf War, and wait a minute, I want to I make this point. Go ahead. In in Iraq and Afghanistan, American troops, coalition troops, wiped out extremists in the hundreds of thousands. But those mindsets don't give a royal rat's rear end how many people they lose. No, they, don't. they will keep funneling people into that machine of death until something happens on a diplomatic scale Something happens here in our Congress as it did in Vietnam, and then they get what they want. They don't give a damn how many people die because communism is based on the state being all powerful and the individual being irrelevant. Well, Whereas we believe say. in the strength of the of the of the individual, so to us it matters how much we lose.
0: They okay. don't care how many people they lose. Okay. you can imagine Jane, May. has something to say about that. Sure
2: um Croatia and Serbia Do you remember that? Yeah. Uh do you remember how many people were slaughtered? I never thought man. I never thought that that kind of a sh- crap would happen uh in Europe anymore because we got rid of the Nazis. We uh,
0: I, the, the, was the, the, the carnage Serbia?
2: the carnage that happened in in Croatia was absolutely Losevich. awful have you ever seen any documentaries of any the Indians? Croatians. was just yes
4: i did i it, did and i, 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 I and i went
2: and, and i went to croatia i've been i've been on vacation there and it was beautiful and people were just being murdered and slaughtered and just it's just horrible how badly, it's th- that's a good word, how badly people can behave towards other human beings.
0: And Ron, those are my people. I'm, Cro- I'm Croatian descended. I'm Croatian American.
4: Well, Jim, you probably know a lot more of the history over that area than well, a lot of people. I they do. probably don't even teach it. I'm just saying both of you probably do. But the point of it is, it's not being taught in the schools here. But there were there were centuries old hatreds that were kept kept under control, by lack of a better word, by the by successive waves of Nazis and communists and others that kept them separated. Well, Tito,
2: Tito was a communist, but he was not. Yes, he was. He was not affiliated with the other, commun- other communists. He wasn't, with the, he wasn't the second, affiliated with the Russians. The, he was not affiliated with the other communists. Yes, he was a dictator, but. The well, he was
4: also labeled as a moderate. So, yeah, you know, compared the to country, the others.
2: The, yeah. the country was running so well until he died. When he died, the second he died, they freaking just crumbled and just destroyed, yeah. dist- just just went into destruction.
0: Okay. What? I'm let's sorry. We, let's see if we can wrap. I want to wrap Ron's head around this. Ron, can you compare our involvement in Ukraine with our involvement in Vietnam at all?
4: Not really, because There's in the Ukraine, well, the lesson to learn is, number one, keep our troops the heck out of there because we don't need to be there. No, we but don't. But see, here's the thing, Jim. I don't understand why. Here, here's the deal. There's things they're asking for that they need, like jet planes, so they can counter the Russians. But we're not giving them because the State Department says, well, we might have a problem. if we." The second you've got the State Department dictating what the how the military is going to act, your ass is grass. The State Department should be the heck out of it. They want to have some negotiations with Russia behind the scenes. Be my guess. But as far as the people out on the battlefield, they know what they need. We know what they, we can give them. We should just give it to them. The State Department should go do some and have a cocktail party someplace uh, because they're not helping.
2: Well, what would you do?
4: I'd give the Ukraine the Ukrainian army everything it needs to go out there and kick the Russians' including
0: ass. Including F-16s?
4: Of course. Why not? Why not? <laughs> well, they're, get, they're getting fired on with, with, with the most advanced missiles you can ask for. They got drones coming in on them. They're just asking for jets to offset the Russian jets. Well, give it to them. Do the, you know how many places around the world we've given them F-16s? Do you know how many other countries have our most advanced? I think, not quite, I think the well, Saudis we have, for one. But well, we'll start right in there the, in the Israel States. for another. Yep. Yeah. How about going on over there to Taiwan? What well, do you think they've got? Well,
2: should it be us, though, or should we push the NATO? Because NATO has been sitting on their fat asses doing nothing. There being- well, we
4: can push NATO, Jane, but you're not going to get it with this administration.
2: Um, yeah, I know. We're not getting anything with this administration. All right. uh well
4: we all know that <laughs> you know I mean it's true I mean we're not we're not getting a darn thing from them they are not well, when it
0: comes to the straight story on the ukraine um on ukraine uh here's the motto of the, of the Biden administration. I
1: will
2: not <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> I can't live without the
0: I won't lie to you. That's Rodney Foster. My
2: husband is an ass. <laughs> Anyways, um, can we switch a little bit about the um, what's going on on a, on a border? So they want to have the southern border, but I've been saying this for a long time because I've been to the northern border and I know how easy it is to pass it. Have you ever been yep. to Canada?
4: Yes, I have.
2: Okay, so you know how Couple easy it is. I did a it's... book
4: tour up there. Really well, successful there you go. Tour, I've, I've been
2: there. I've did been there. Book.
4: That was only about 10 years ago.
2: I, I. Which, just... by
4: the way, you can get all of my books at Winterbook.com and on Amazon. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for pausing for this commercial break. <laughs> That's okay.
0: Uh, no. You, you want to get, Ron, there's one book on the no. Vietnam War fighting that you wrote in particular. Okay, then. What, what is it? Can you give me the name of it?
4: Masters of the that. Art. That's Masters it. of the Art was my first Masters one, and Victory Betrayed. Victory Betrays my second one. They're both on my website, Ronald Winter books They're and both Victory on Amazon. Victory Betrayed
0: is about
4: what? Victory Betrayed is about the last major Marine battle in Vietnam and how we crossed the uh, Ho Chi Minh Trail, broke it, and provided the battle the blueprint to, to end it right then and there. And how the State Department and the Congress got in and screwed it up on purpose.
2: You got to put it on an audio because that's how I read. Yeah, actually,
4: I, I, have been, my wife
0: has been on me about that well, for there quite you some go. time.
2: See, I'm lo- Jane I, has
0: almost <laughs> finished her audio book. Ryan, you I, would really, really recommend your publicist to Jane, right? Worth the money.
4: Mike London, absolutely. Mike London oh, has done a great, great was, amount of work for oh me. Oh my God.
2: And he was so freaking, he was so excited about reading nice. your book. He was so nice. Oh we lost Ron. Oh, no, no. I'll call him back.
0: Hi again guys. Yeah we lost
2: you. We got right. a horrible connection. But no anyways, I didn't hang
0: up. <laughs>
2: no, well, um no, our phone hangs up because we have a terrible connection. But um, hey, hey. Mike was so wicked. Nice. He was really, really nice.
4: Mike's a great guy and he's very confident and he's got a lot, a lot of, uh, contacts and extensions out there in the world of marketing and, and public relations. And he'll do very well for you. And He Jane. said
0: he couldn't wait to read Jane's book too. And Jane, yeah.
4: All right, can
2: we stop him? doing commercials? I have another question. Okay. Um, you
4: the, guys wanted to talk about that, that lady that lost the two sons. Oh, yeah, to fentanyl.
2: I was gonna go right there. The fentanyl. Okay. okay. We that I called Shut Wait up for a second. second! No, don't. I called the school today because I wanted the uh, what's the uh, antidote for it? Fentanyl
0: n- n- um, overdose.
2: Uh, um, um, it's a, um, it starts with N. Um,
0: you're gonna waste too much time trying. Yeah, to
2: I am. That. Anyways, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a antidote that uh, goes f- against the fentanyl. You can spray it up the nose, um. So I wanted to know if the school, school is not generally able to administer anything. And I have to say today, I am very impressed with Glastonbury schools. Um, They have the um, antidote available and they are trained to administer it. Um, Because the thing is, um, you can take... You can take Tylenol. You can take Advil. You can take anything that comes from freaking China. They lace it. Or and it could be made you have fentanyl. And you have you have four minutes. You have four minutes to administer it.
0: Ron, are the Chinese trying to kill us? Of course they are. Uh, but I had so much I wanted to talk.
4: Why? Wait, wait because they want let world me, domination let, and we're in a way.
0: Let me play this soundbite for you. This is the woman who lost both of her sons to fentanyl overdose, and he, she testified before Congress. It's very emotional. Here we go.
2: You talk about children being taken away from their parents. My children were taken away from me. A hundred thousand. Americans every year are having their children. 200,000, because it's both parents, right? Are having their children taken away from them. This was not an overdose. This was murder. My children got fake Percocets that were fentanyl. There was no Percocet in it at all. This is a war. Act like it. Do something.
0: Uh, that woman uh, was testifying before Congress. It's heartbreaking, Ron. So her son saw heartbreaking. they were taking- a prescription Percocet, but China had disguised it as uh, fent- fentanyl. as Percocet? No,
2: they disguised the fentanyl. Yeah, right. The whatever. The fentanyl hey, yeah, we Percocet. got it. We got it.
0: Go ahead, Ron. I what hate- do you have to say.
4: I don't think they were getting prescription Percocet. I think they were getting street Percocet, uh, which is how they ended up getting it laced with fentanyl. Because if they had been given prescription Percocet. I mean, they weren't buying it through a prescription. They were getting drugs the on the street, which the fair in lies the problem. Because nobody that I have heard is saying, wait a minute. Why were your kids out there trying to buy painkillers on the street that they didn't have a prescription for? I mean, you didn't have two kids out there just. Two brothers just, oh, yeah, today we both need painkillers. And here's the problem. Herein is the problem, Jim. Yes, there's a massive fentanyl problem going on. We've lost 100,000 people a year for the last couple of years. But this has been going on since the 1960s, and everybody turns a blind eye to it. Marijuana today is infinitely stronger than it was back in the 60s. It gets people hooked quicker. But everybody says, oh, no, we got to legalize it. Let's give it to people. It's not a bad thing. It's the same so thing Ron, as
0: alcohol and cigarettes. So, Ron, you believe no, the not. Chinese at war with us. Well, of course they are, Jim. Yes. But I,
4: wanna, I just want to bring this up, Jim, because I ain't hear anybody saying how many people, the media that, that looks at it, it, calls them recreational drugs. This isn't a recreational drug. These are painkillers that get you hooked. It may be not instantaneously like heroin, but it certainly gets you hooked. And oh. then from there on in, you're done. And, and this is going on in our country and our country's countrywide. We're, we're just being blasted with drugs. And, and people are making excuses for it. They, they, they laugh about there being cocaine in the White House and in the halls of Congress. And, and, and a goal, a goal for people, take, take your major league sports people, all the money they make, the millions of dollars, what is their goal by making millions of dollars a year? Get a big car, get a big house, and get yourself lots of drugs and good looking women. So, so, I mean, so, okay. So- you want things, but the drugs to, to you, you just want to be able to go out um, and get high and drunk. So, That's your goal in life.
2: So, Is that what we're teaching? Um, well, I like my wine, but um, so I like my scotch, but I don't but, go out and no, <laughs> and listen enough of it to die. Uh, uh, so they're talking about they're talking about fentanyl, uh, but they're pushing. They're not actually talking about it. There, uh, we have. Here and there, we hear something about it, but they're pushing the vaccine. What is that about? And do you remember the balloon? Yeah. Okay. So they're just freaking liars. They're just lying. Like
0: Rodney Foster saying, the, I don't well, no.
2: Uh Why don't you teach children about the fentanyl? And tell them how bad it is, and it's in candy, and it's and everything else. Just don't take anything from random people. Um, but you know one of the but you, can go ahead, about- but you can go ahead and get jabbed behind your parents' back.
4: Yeah, no, I, it's hypocrisy. I don't believe in the jab anyway. I didn't get it. Not going to get it. And I think so much more is coming out of that. It, 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 and you're seeing it right now with the Department of Energy coming out, and the FBI coming out and saying, look, yeah, it actually did come out of the Wuhan lab, which most people knew anyway. <laughs> we knew that look, the whole time. It got hammered down by the media and by, and by the bureaucracy and, and called all these things, losing their jobs and, and being thrown out of service. And now it's coming out that these people were right and, and, and all this crap was wrong. But look how many people just went blindly along with it for two years. Yeah, and anybody up objected, just, it up in, just in
0: quickly, it. Ron, the expense, the money we're spending on Ukraine is worth it, is worth it as far as you're concerned.
4: Um, yeah, to the moment, to the moment, Jim.
0: But not um, a blank on
4: check. that. And 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 on the other end of it, you know what? There wouldn't be a fentanyl crisis if there wasn't a market for it in this country. And until people start addressing. Our thirst as a country for illicit drugs—you're not going to win the war on drugs.
2: Okay. What about the, ch- the the illegals? Um, they call them migrants. I call them Ill- illegals. They are illegals. Uh, that They're are illegal. crossing the border without shot, without being, you know. Hey Jim,
4: how many how many sanctuary cities do we have?
2: Um, we have at least one. Hartford, Waterbury. No, no. How
4: many all over the country? There's a couple oh, hundred, right?
0: Yeah, at least Probably. a couple
4: hundred, yep. Do you know that if 20% of the illegal aliens that came across the southern border since Biden became president are here at the behest of, the, of either the Chinese or the cartels, we've got enough to put an army of 5,000 illegal combatants in each sanctuary city in this country? Tell me how many police departments in this in this country could take an influx of 5000 combatants overnight. None. That's how many.
2: Okay, Ron. Even
4: New you, York City couldn't handle that.
2: Do you remember there was a story that. that listen, there was a story uh from California where um Chinese women were coming across to deliver babies to get citizenship. Yep. Do you remember that? I do. Okay. Um, I wonder if that's still happening. Um, it's true, of course,
4: it's happening. It's happening. It's still down on the border. These,
2: where the hell are these people coming from?
4: Well, you know, there's an awful lot of really unhappy people in a lot of really bad places in this world. that wouldn't mind being here if they could yeah, get here. But the they're, problem, they're still the screwing, problem has,
2: But they're still the screwing problem. up this country. They come over here and screw it up. They do not assimilate. In, in, they screw in it
4: Asia's up. Past, in ages past, we had control over immigration, mm. even illegal immigration was under control to some degree, and that kept people at bay. But what we've been told, what we've, what the Biden administration has told the world is that the United States is open for business, and it's a turnstile down there. It's not a border. So just come on in. Ron. And that's why we're getting this.
2: My English is not too bad, right? I thought not myself- Not too bad at all. I thought myself, um, I changed my name to assimilate. I assimilated. I, uh, hey James' why, name
0: is actually Yana. Why we don't freaking
2: people... Why, if you're coming to another country, uh, if you're running away from your terror, um, so to speak, you just freaking assimilate. Just... It drives me crazy. It really drives me crazy.
0: That people hang on to their old... Old just,
2: just stay there. Just if you don't like it, if you, you, you just, just ah!
0: learn English first of all. That's what you say. I you taught it.
2: I taught yourself English. I taught myself
0: English. And you, not yes, only I that, did. she's actually uh, the voice on her audiobook. So she, she not only taught herself to speak English, Ron. She's taught herself to read English out loud. That's amazing. That's a talent.
4: And that's what people used to expect to have to do when they came here. And that's not the way it is anymore. Right. and You know, I don't, I, I don't, um, belabor people for, for wanting to keep their old customs to, to keep the things that they liked. Keep about it their country house. where your house.
2: Keep it at your house. Well,
4: you know, here's the thing, you know, people don't know about this, but my father came over from yep. Scotland in the 1920s mm-hmm. because he was eight years old, roughly he already had a Scottish brogue. He learned to speak in Scotland, not in New York city, but they humiliated him and the people like him and and the other members of his family in the New York city school system. And they would have to go and sit in a dunce chair if they rolled their art. Huh?
2: No, Jim has been humiliated. He was okay.
4: My point was what I wanted to say was they were forced to learn to speak in a different way than they had grown up speaking, which I think was horrible because for the life of me, I don't know what's better about coming from New York city and saying, what eh, then than rolling your R's Ron, saying, Ronald, Ron, <laughs> you know,
2: I have a completely different language and I learned a completely different language. I am speaking completely different language than what I was born with. So, um, People, Sam
0: just jumped in. Sam's watching us now.
2: People need to assimilate if they want to be in this country, I would say, or any country that they want to immigrate to. If, if you want to go, let's say, Sweden, is it Sweden or Switzerland? Uh, you have to, you actually have to assimilate. Uh, I don't see what is wrong with that.
4: I don't see what's wrong with that either.
2: Um, it's, it's tough, but it is what it is. I spoke, I spoke Czech for 19 years and then I learned English by myself.
0: By watching the movies.
2: I didn't even go to school. I learned it by myself. Not bad, huh?
4: Not bad at all. And I know a lot of stories like yours, Jane. I mean, a lot of people came to this country, most people, came to this country. And like you said, yeah, they kept, you know, especially the the original immigrants, they, they would maintain their own language in their home, but they yeah. still had, I mean, you know, everybody had to go out and become part of America if they wanted to have a piece of the American dream.
2: Yeah. Well, I actually,
4: in um, my second and third generation the kids didn't yeah. even know any different.
2: No, oh, I know my kids are claiming that they spoke Czech. They never did. They understand a little bit, but, um, when I when I first came here we were speaking Czech because my um, ex-husband is Czech and um, they took me in. Um, we spoke Czech and I said one day, all right we are switching now. We <laughs> are speaking English. And that once we started speaking English, it started stu- sounded it's, it it sounded stupid to speak Czech. It was just we switched. That was it. We just switched. And, um, I don't don't know where I'm going with this.
4: Well, you know, I'll just remind you guys of of a nicer time, which was about three years ago when we had a first lady named Melania Trump. Yes. Who was bashed by the media, left, right, across and hold, but she was an accomplished businesswoman in her own right before she ever met Donald Trump. And that woman could speak six or seven languages.
2: fluently. Don't go that far. I can speak that many languages too. They are very similar.
4: Well, that's the whole point (laughs) though. I mean, we, we've got a lot of people here that are able to converse around the world and that's great, but they're still able to converse in English here in America.
2: Well, you want to, you want to assimilate. Once you come to a country uh, that you want to call your home, you want to be similar to everybody else. You do whatever you want to do in your home, but in in a in public, unlike Jane. Jane is a jackass. You you, wanna, you don't want to see me outside. Um, you just don't you think you would want to f- fall like be part of part of the country?
0: I would think that you'd want to assimilate. That you'd want to what, take on the culture of the country. You're dying to get into to the point where you'll cross the border illegally.
2: Yeah, I. I would nobody would assimilates
0: anymore, Ron. And if,
4: and if and if you don't, then you got to question your motives.
2: Right. Exactly.
0: Ron Winter is a decorated <laughs> Vietnam veteran.
2: And flew gunner
0: in a helicopter.
2: And a professor. And, and a professor. I would love. To, I would love to see you. We
0: have. I would love to, to see you plane. on
2: that helicopter. Uh, he was the and gun. He was Ukraine, a machine gun.
0: Ron w- fought in Vietnam and saw how we actually won the Tet Offensive. Not according to Walter Cronkite, we lost to the plucky uh, Viet Cong. We called them the plucky Viet Cong.
2: Ugh. Who is that?
0: Guy?
4: Yeah, lucky, huh? He yeah. Yeah. his soul. But you talk about
0: terrorists.
2: Yeah, no <laughs> yeah. kidding. The media. Oh, I am domestic terrorist. Don't forget that part.
0: So, Ron, Don't I wasn't sure me. how you'd react <laughs> to Ukraine spending tr- a trillion dollars on Ukraine in uh, aid and arms and military equipment. You say give them whatever they want because if we don't beat Russia, we'll pay in the end.
4: You know, we can give them whatever we want, but to Jane's point, if NATO was, was helping, this would be a lot less of an impact on the United States than our tax And it will
2: be over by now.
4: And it would be over. They, they've got the aircraft in, 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 uh, in Europe that they could give to the Ukrainians, Ukrainian Army, Ukrainian Air Force. They could do the training. They could be doing the training. Jim, when I was in, in New River, North Carolina, part of the Camp Lejeune complex in 1967, we were training Mideastern pilots from Iraq, from Israel. I don't even know from where else, but I used to see those guys in the mess hall, and I, you know, like they all sat by themselves, and they had different uniforms, and they looked different, and all that stuff. We were doing that all the way back then, fifty years ago. Professor, so we can't do it now. We can't take care of the people. We need to take care of now. Professor Winter,
2: stupid. you get a helicopter. I'm coming with you, and I can oh, skydive. I would, I would go with you. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would do it. <laughs>
4: I teach you how to shoot a machine gun from a moving object before you jump <laughs> uh, out. <laughs> I am a gu- I, you
2: know what? I'm a good shot too. I'm actually a uh, good shot. You can ask my uh, teacher. So, uh, there's
4: nothing quite like a 50 caliber machine gun. Ma oh it. yeah. Well,
2: it would push against your shoulder. Wouldn't it?
4: Right. Nah, it's my, it's mounted, it's Ron, it's it's mounted. I
0: shot a 50 caliber handgun. Once one of my military buddies, Brought it to the shooting range. I thought I was going to lose my arm out of the socket.
1: Yeah,
4: they, they, that's that's quite a a commitment if you want to shoot a 50 caliber handgun. That that's not exactly a small weapon.
2: No, it's not. I have to be honest. And we with lost there. them again. I was, when I was we... a little
0: bit afraid to to shoot it. Ronnie, you still there? I'm yeah. here.
2: Yeah, you are. Okay, but um, I'm Ron's telling you, if you get a squadron, I'm coming with you. I am on.
0: <laughs> I will. Let's so open up the phone Sounds line. Good. That one last line that we have open eight six 860- zero.
2: Mister Ron Winter, Wait. M- Professor Ron Winter, the gentleman
0: oh, Ronald Winter books, Ronald Winter books, Ronald That
2: was sitting when you see the uh, helicopters in the, in in the movies. That's how he was sitting outside. He was he was doing that. He that's my hero.
4: <laughs> Thanks,
2: <Jane. laughs> anyways all right where yeah, are we Ryan, I think we're at the take
4: care
0: the guys here. you too take sir care,
2: thank you so much hold on
0: ron hold on a second okay take, a, take a bow ron that's the audience applauding for you
2: <laughs> you're the best thank you so much for spending so much time with us um you are the best Thank you, thank you guys
4: for having me on. Appreciate it. Thank you. (laughs)
2: Okay, bye. Bye, bye. He is so freaking funny. He was never that funny in a studio. You were always dry.
1: No,
0: I won't. And I won't back down. I'll always stand for a smaller, leaner, less intrusive government.
2: And I'm going on a helicopter, and I'm going to yeah, we'll shoot see. that gun out. I want
0: to thank our guests, the Soundoff sister, former federal prosecutor Barbara Vaisich, and also Ron Winter, a Vietnam veteran, on, to speak about Iran. I, I'm not Iran, Ukraine. I want to thank all of our. We had a great viewing computers. audience today. You're looking at the analytics. A great reach. We had a reach of over two thousand people today. So that was a good sized radio show.
2: Yeah, well, there you go. But uh, can you imagine me? I would freaking shoot those mother freaking Russians. I hate them so much. I hate them. I hate them. Every single one of them. They would be going. Because of
0: what they did to check. Yes. They actually were shooting people in the streets, I understand. And dragging uh, people. No, the- Weren't they dragging people, the men out of their homes?
2: Well, um, I was not there yet. They were not very nice, were they? But, yeah, I would like to go. I'd be good, you know. About a and I would little traveling not- music. Oh, sorry?
0: I don't think we're going to get any phone calls. Let's see. Those freaking Russian bastards. Bye, everybody. Thank you for watching. We'll see you again next Wednesday at 4 o'clock for another great RVO podcast starring Jen and Jane, Jim and Jane Weisich. Not Jen and Jane. No Jen, just Jim.
2: You don't want any gin? I have no gin in the fridge.
0: No, that's okay. Thank you very much anyway. Thanks
2: to Ron Winter
0: and Barbara Weisich. We'll see you all. And thanks to all of you as well. We're going to take the music down. We'll call it a day. Well, I want back No, I won't
4: back down You can stand me up at the gates of hell But I won't back down Gonna stand my ground Won't be turned around And I'll keep this world from dragging me down Gonna stand